the NAI Ball Podcast. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Robbie Gutierrez, and joining me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, the foremost authority on all things NAI Baseball, Cody, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Thrilled to be on the podcast with you, talking on our sixth episode. It's amazing. Six episodes in, we've got a big show planned. Cody, we've got two great interviews later in the show. Yeah, we were able to sit down with Coach Jake McKinley and Jorge Perez, two of the top ten teams in the country, and they both exceeded our expectations and did a great job. Absolutely agree. Before we get going with the show, I have to talk a little bit about what happened last week at Texas Wesleyan. They have let go of head coach Mike Jeffcoat. He is no longer there. And Bobby Garza, the interim head coach, will take over for the rest of the season. Really quickly, my thought on it. I went to Northwood University, so I'm familiar with Texas Wesleyan. They were our rival. I've been to that campus. We've played them multiple times in my time at Texas. And Bobby Garza was one of the assistants. He was Jeremy Kennedy's head assistant when I was at Northwood. Because of three people. My parents... Jeremy Kennedy and Bobby Garza, who Bobby Garza especially brought me into Northwood and gave me the opportunities that I've got today along with my parents and Jeremy Kennedy. And because of that, I'm absolutely thrilled for Texas Wesleyan and for those young men that are going to get that opportunity to move forward. Obviously, there's been a lot of attention on Texas Wesleyan nationally Put your head down, battle through adversity, and you've got the opportunity to have a special season. You're winning. You're doing fantastic. A huge series this weekend. And the most important thing to remember is these are kids. They're becoming young men. They chose Texas Wesleyan, and they've got a great opportunity at hand to get an education, play some baseball, and become better men down the road. You know, they had a monster season last year and made it to the opening round. This year, they look like they're on their way again, a top-20 program. Texas Wesleyan has a lot of talent, and they're going to be okay. Absolutely agree. They are going to be just fine. Let's take a look at some of the teams in the top 25. We've all seen it, but some of the teams who are making their first appearance on the season. At number 24, we've got Vanguard out of California. At number 23, Reinhardt, 22 team, is Point Park out of Pennsylvania. Number 21, Texas A&M, Texarkana, number 20, William Woods. Then moving into number 17 is Antelope Valley. Number 16, Jamestown. Number 14, Mobile. Number 12, Wayland Baptist. Number 11, Bryan. Making a big jump is St. Thomas. And then number 7, the biggest jump of them all, William Jessup. Our top five teams in the nation are Oklahoma Wesleyan, OCU, Oklahoma City University, Southeastern, Georgia Gwinnett, and number one, Faulkner. 
I think that you got the top five right. I think you can have Faulkner at the number one team in the country. I think that's pretty easy to figure out. And then two through five, you can just shuffle it any different order. But I think those are the best teams. Cody, if there's one team, though, not in the top 25 that's receiving votes, they include that list of teams that are just on the outside looking in, who would that team be for you? I would pick Taylor. You know, they're 15-5. and five. They have wins over Indiana Tech. They have a win over Kaiser. They hit 330 as a team last year. They brought that offense back. They're hitting over 300 again. They're the crossroads favorite. That would be my pick. I like that pick. I'm going to go with Cumberland out of Tennessee. They're 16-5. and five. They actually swept the doubleheader today over Texas A&M, Texarkana. I think that's a team that on the next poll is going to be in that top 25. But Taylor as well with some big wins on the season. Yeah, Coach Woody Hunt is one of my favorite people in all the NAIA, so I'm definitely, I always pull for Cumberland. Cumberland, actually, I believe of their five losses, three of them are to Faulkner? That is correct. I mean, so basically you're looking at a team with two losses. Faulkner's an absolute machine so far on the year. They are 20-0. and So I definitely think Taylor and Cumberland have the opportunity to jump into that top 25 on the next go-around. Let's move in. To last week in review, we'll start things off. Lewis and Clark State won the series over British Columbia, three games to one. OCU won the series over Mid-American Christian, two to one. Judson won the series over Southeastern, two to one, handing Southeastern their only two losses of the season. Number five, Oklahoma Wesleyan swept friends. Vanguard won the series over Hope International, two to one. Westmont and the Masters split one game each, game three postponed due to rain. Indiana Tech... Split with Lindsey Wilson one game each. Weber International swept St. Francis, Illinois. Cumberland's Kentucky swept Huntington. Concordia swept St. Xavier. Wayland Baptist won the series over Mid-American Nazarene, three games to one. Jamestown won the series over Evangel, three games to one. Reinhardt swept Union, and Madonna defeated Bryan in a single nine-inning game, 5-4. Judson got the two biggest wins of the season this weekend. They beat number three Southeastern back-to-back on the road. Huge win for that program. We'll move into our big series from last weekend. Cody, start us off. Mobile, or Mobile, which one is it? Which one do you want me to call them? Well, you know, people can probably tell from my accent I'm a Southerner. I always <laughs> call it Mobile, so I, I call it Mobile. That's what we're going to run with. We're going to call it Mobile. Okay. And this week. This weekend, Mobile took down Middle Georgia State, beat them 2-1 to one in the series. Huge for Mobile. Launched them up into the rankings. They're number 14 now. Luke Hastings with seven innings, one earned, eight Ks in the first game. They won 8-1, to one, won it pretty decisively. Game two, they won it decisively as well. 7-2 to two Mobile. Braxton Rhodes went seven innings, two earned with nine strikeouts. Cody Cox had a big series, went 5-12 for 12 on the weekend. Homered, you know, he's a good player to look out. They have a lot of good players. Christian Snow. So they're a really good program. They took the series 2-1. to one. We'll keep it rolling here. Uno versus Campbellsville. They split the series two games apiece. Campbellsville took games 1 and 2, 4-3, 3-0. Uno takes games 3 and 4, 5-1 and 11-1. Campbellsville held the five hits in game number one. They did not have an RBI, but they won the game 4-3 to three anyway. And then in game... Number three and four, Uno winning those. Junior Gomez had five RBIs in those wins for the Racers. 
Two players to watch out of the pen for them, Andres Medina and Jacob Holcher. Medina, 1.46 ERA with two saves. Holcher with a 0.69 sub-1 ERA, two saves, 24 strikeouts. For Campbellsville, Matt Valdez, continue to watch him, 3.44, four home runs, nine RBIs. And Logan Roberts hitting over 300. I believe that's going to be a good team in the Mid-South Conference. Cody, take us out west, Antelope Valley, and Ben U. Mesa. You know, this was an offensive explosion. Antelope Valley won the series 2-1, to took game 1 10-8, to in 11 innings, scored 2 in the 11th. They won game 2 15-6, to and then Ben Mesa held on narrowly 10-9 in game 3. Antelope Valley had a chance to sweep. You know, Ben Mesa was able to take a win there. The two best teams in the Calpec, they'll be playing probably for the title. They're going to keep battling it out. Tyler Pittman had four hits in two games this weekend. You know, Antelope Valley is a really good program. They rank number 17 in the country, deservedly so. They won the series over Vanguard, another ranked team. They split with Lewis Clark State, and they're a team to look forward to this year. Antelope Valley with maybe the biggest split on the season versus Lewis Clark State and a big series win over Benedictine Mesa. We'll take things down south. Madonna out of Michigan and Georgia Gwinnett out in Lawrenceville. GGC sweeps Madonna 15-4, 3-2, and 7-4. Before we talk about game number one, Georgia Gwinnett did walk off Madonna 3-2 in game number two. But in game number one, something really strange. Back to back to back to back. Home runs four in a row. Never seen anything like it. Two freshmen came up clutch, kept the streak going, four home runs. You know, the fifth one, a guy, Brandon Frazier, hit a double off the wall. They were close to going five in a row. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. That would have been absolutely insane. For Madonna, they went out two days later and beat Brian, a team in the top 25. So I think Madonna's going to be just fine moving forward, especially in whack play. Jared Hagan hitting 464 with 14 RBIs. Nick Barnes, 386, three home runs, 16 RBIs for the Grizzlies. Alex Garland, 380, three home runs, 18 RBIs. They're hitting 327 as a team. One guy to keep your eye on for the rest of the season, Marcus McCorkle. Right now, not exactly where he was expected to be, but I totally believe he's going to get there soon. He's already started to turn around a little bit out in Lewiston. Two hits in three straight games. Raised that average north of 250. You know, he's hit 400 two years in a row. He's an All-American. Dealt with some injuries, but he's going to be good to go. And he's one of the best players in the NAIA. Our NAI Ball Podcast Twitter Big Series of the Week was Bellevue at Kaiser down in West Palm Beach, Florida. I actually had the radio call on that. So you want me to take the reins on this one? Yeah, we're going to let you tell us what you saw down there in West Palm. Well, Kaiser University took all three games. They swept Bellevue 6-3-7-6-9-3. Bellevue led games 1-2 by scores of 3-0 in each game. Kaiser battled back to win both of those. Bellevue in game number two made a late push at the end. The shortstop Fernandez for Kaiser made a big play in the hole to throw out what would have been the tying run with just no, with nobody out, actually, at third base. That was the first out in the inning. Then the next hitter... Smashes one to center field. Justin Lara, the Kaiser center fielder, makes a diving play. Throws the runner out going back to first base to end the game. So Kaiser would win game two, seven, six. Game three, Bellevue led one nothing, but Kaiser wins that one nine to three. Steven Knapp was impressive for Bellevue. He's got a 240 ERA, five walks and 15 strikeouts. A lot of guys said 
his slider felt like it was 30 miles an hour slower than the fastball. A lot of guys out in front of that one. Tough pitch to hit. Corey Longacre in the leadoff spot for Bellevue has been fantastic this season. He's been a key guy for them all year. Coach Monlux, you know, we talked quite a bit. He really feels like it's been a Jekyll and Hyde year. He said that they've gone out and beaten some good teams. This is a Bellevue team that's beaten OCU. They've also lost to OCU. They've played some really good teams this season. They've dropped some tough contests. So I think once they get into North Star play, they're going to be just fine. On the other side for Kaiser University, Marco Rivera is hitting 535 in 19 games. He's got 28 RBIs. Chucky Lopez has caught fire. He's got four home runs and 11 RBIs just in his last two games. Karsten Sherman is hitting 424. Peter Crescido 434. Kaiser might be the quietest hitting 356 team in the nation right now. They dropped the contest to Taylor on opening day. They've also lost series to Thomas and St. Thomas, but when they hit, they can hit. Yeah, Kaiser's won seven games in a row. You know, they're really starting. They have a three-game sweep over point. You know, I think they've won about 14 games now. Had a big win over Spring Arbor. Just pounded them yesterday. So, yeah, Kaiser's going in the right direction. We'll take a look now, as we always do, with our surprises of the week. Judson takes the series versus Southeastern University. Robert Morris goes 7-0. and Absolutely crazy. 7-0 and in one weekend. Now 12-3 and on the season and the top team in the CCAC poll. St. Andrews takes a series versus Tennessee Wesleyan. That's a first in program history. And then Simpson out of California rallies from down 8 nothing to defeat the number 7 team in the nation and their rival, William Jessup. Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to Lawrence Tech. They're a program that's won nine games this year already. They're 9-5. and five. They only won 13 last year. They're really starting to get it rolling. So I definitely wanted to give them a mention. Awesome for Lawrence Tech to get rolling on the season and getting hot. Only won 13 games last season, like you said. Already nine wins. Things looking up for them. Now we'll keep going here. Our hitter and pitcher of the week, as we said. We're going to do this every week, and we will flip-flop. Last week I had pitcher, and you had hitter. This week, changing things up. I've got hitters. You've got pitchers. I'll start us off. Austin Paschke, or as they might want him called, Smashke, out of Faulkner University, the number one team in the nation. Paschke, 556 average this week, three home runs, nine RBIs, absolutely impressive. And so he is my choice for the National Hitter of the Week. Cody, why don't you tell us about your pick for pitcher? Yeah, I got Matt Weiss out of St. Mary's in Kansas. He had a dominant performance against Kansas Wesleyan. Nine innings pitch, no runs, no walks, ten strikeouts, over a Kansas Wesleyan team that was hitting north of 300. He was definitely a standout to me, and I wanted to make sure he got recognized. A huge game for him against Kansas Wesleyan, so congratulations to Austin Paschke and Matt Weiss out of Faulkner and St. Mary's, Kansas, respectively. Now, a first on the show, our first two interviews, and our first interview of them all is the head coach at William Jessup University, Jake McKinley joining us now thanks to ESPN 106.3. Joining us live now here on the NAI Ball podcast will be William Jessup coach Jake McKinley out of Rockland, California. Coach, how's it going today? Good. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor to be here. 
Coach, we're absolutely excited to have you on. William Jessup is absolutely rolling. This is their best season in school history. 22 wins already. 10 was the previous high. What does it take to see an immediate success for your team? Yeah, I think it's been a number of things. I think uh, I think it actually starts with the returning players. Um, you know, I think it's always uh, delicate when a new coach comes in, and um, you know, the returning guys have been so embracing of me and our coaching staff, and then uh, and then securing the coaching staff. That was another big piece of it, and I think our our coaching staff is extremely talented, and then and then obviously the recruiting class, and then when all those things got kind of put together. Um, I just think the culture has been able to, to flourish under that, and it's, a, it's an incredibly hardworking group. They're very selfless, and uh, you know, it's a privilege to be around them every day. So um, just pleased with how it's gone so far. Coach, what were some of the goals that you all had this season? You know, 10 wins was the previous high. Do you have goals going forward, knowing that right now 22 under your belt, you're having a fantastic year, you're first in the conference right now, at 13 and two in GSAC play, or have you set any goals with the team this season? You know, coming into it, the one thing that uh, I said in the first team meeting, and then I, I said it again in January right before we got started, is you know, at least from my chair, I never wanted to be that guy that um, you know obsessed over win loss record or rankings or you know individual accomplishments. And I, and I say that because I've I've fallen into that trap in the past, and the teams I've coached have fallen into that trap. Um, so I think you learn, but, uh, you know, so the, the main thing I said was let's, let's just do a really good job each day of trying to get better, uh, approach everything with a good attitude, work as hard as you can. And then, the, you know, if you have the right players and the right personnel, then everything should work out as it should. So as we've had some success so far, I think it's important that we just especially stick to that. Cause I think success can, can really destroy a team's process. Um, you know, you never want to think that you have things figured out and you never want to overlook anybody. Uh, it's just important we play the best we can each day. We practice the best we can each day and, uh, you know, stick to what's helped us be successful up to this point. Absolutely. You know, you'll probably get your first national ranking on Tuesday. That's going to be huge for your program. What does that mean to y'all to be in the top 25 so soon? I mean, I know we're speaking a little early, but the conference, I feel really good about your chances. Yeah, uh, you know, it's more than anything. I think it, it would it makes me happy for just the university as a whole. Uh, William Jessup is a is an awesome place, and we have a great administration. We have an athletic director that that wants us to win, and we have a really forward thinking president. So, I think for the university, it's it's a really cool thing, and I think for the players too, they work extremely hard, and you know, getting that recognition is something that. Um, you know, I'm just proud of the whole group collectively, and that's, you know, from players to coaches uh, to administrators. It's a really cool thing. But, you know, at the same time, um, it's, I think it's good to celebrate it for, for a minute and then obviously, you know, get back to work. And one thing, you know, that I said to the team, because obviously it's, you know, kind of the elephant in the room is, you know, say you're ranked 15th, and that's obviously through voters and the other uh, opinions of people around the country, you know, that, that suggests that there's still, you know, 14 people that are, that are operating at a higher level than you. So um, don't ever think that, you know, being in that, you know, green lights you to win a game or, um, you know, allows you to maybe not work as hard 
uh, you know, at, at a practice or a workout or something like that. So, you know, I think the team is mature and, and we'll do a good job of letting it sink in for a minute, but then, you know, getting back to work because we have a long ways to go. Well, a huge part of your success this year has been your offense. You all hit 43 home runs in 27 games, 71 doubles. I mean, how do you all make that happen? Yeah, um, I think I think really it comes down to having the personnel to do it. Um, I'd like to think of it more like we run a like a spread offense. Um, and what I mean is, you know, obviously we have the personnel to to hit the long ball, but I also think we're pretty athletic. I think we can steal uh, we can steal bases, and you know that stat about the doubles is something I'm especially proud of because I think a lot of those doubles have been hustle doubles. Uh, where guys are, you know, busting it out of the box and, you know, turning singles into doubles and doubles into triples. Um, but I think the other thing is, you know, our hitting coach, Trevor Payne, um, I think he's one of the best hitting coaches uh, in the country, to be honest with you. And I, I'm just referring to college baseball in general, not necessarily just the NAI. And I think the numbers do speak for themselves here. And, you know, when he was with me last year and then our other assistant, Ty Mitchell, he runs our offense. Um, he does an unbelievable job. Uh, in preparing our players for the opposing pitcher that relates to, uh, you know, approach and how we're going to try to score runs. And then Jordan Gatlin also works with our hitters, and he's done a really good job. So I think our hitters are they're really well coached. Um, and I think week to week in practice, we do a good job of providing just variability in practice to help our guys, you know, get ready for what they're going to see. The GSAC is so good on the mound each year, um, and it takes a little bit of creativity to score runs, but to be honest with you, we actually don't talk about home runs very much, like maybe at all. I think our approach offensively is uh, to just put yourself in a position to hit the balls as, as hard as you possibly can, and, you know, if the, if the angle of the ball off the bat is, you know, a little more elevated, then, yeah, you're going to hit some balls out. But at the same time, we never want, um, you know, the weather or uh, the size of the field to limit our ability to score runs. So, you know, we were at Arizona Christian last week, and believe it or not, Phoenix was like freezing. Um, and it was, the wind was blowing in, and it was like, well, you know, the home run's no longer in play. As an offense, we still have to find a way to score runs. So there's a lot of things that go into, you know, those those numbers that appear to be inflated. But, you know, I can confidently say it's 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 achieved through a lot of hard work and a lot of people – um, that grind every day. Coach, there's a huge series coming up, and I know every series is big, but y'all have Vanguard, two of the top teams in the GSAC. There's so many good teams in the GSAC, you know, with the Masters as well. Do you have any thoughts for us on the upcoming series, the grind every weekend in the GSAC? Two World Series teams in 2017. Yeah, you nailed it. It's, it's every single weekend. Is, is a grind, um, and this weekend's going to be no different. Uh, Vanguard, I've known I've known their head coach for a few years, Rob Pegg, and I have the utmost respect for him. And every single year, his guys are just like they just find ways to win, um, and they always have super talented players. And I know that I think it's their Friday guy. I think his last name is Drabeldis. He, he's like statistically the best pitcher in the country right now. So you know we know we're going to have our work cut out for us, and um, it's not an easy place to play. Uh, obviously, you know, Southern California is awesome, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're good at home and they always have been. So it's going to be a tough series. Um, but like you said, the GSAC is just, uh, it's pretty loaded. I mean, every time you play a GSAC opponent, you know, it's going to be tough and it doesn't matter, you know, who it is. I think anybody can beat anybody on any given day in our conference. And, um, 
So I'm excited for the weekend, though. It's, it's always fun to play, you know, just that, that high-level competitive baseball, uh, especially two teams that are, you know, at the, at the time being at the top of the standing. So it'll be a big challenge for our guys, and uh, the biggest message to them going into it is, again, just, just do what makes you successful. Um, and You don't have to change anything because of who the opponent is or where you're playing. Uh, we just got to prepare the best we can this week in practice and, um, you know, hope the ball lands our way more, more often than not this weekend. Coach, last question for you. Ashcon Kalua, that's probably the best name in the NAI, but tell us a little bit about that guy on the mound for y'all because he's been a big piece. <laughs> yeah, and let me help you out on the name because I always got to help people out. It's Kuhalua. Oh, Kuhalua. Um, All right, I'm going to remember so, that next time. Kuhalua, yeah. And he goes by Ash, so Ash Kuhalua. But, uh, yeah, he's he's really good. He's um He's super competitive, throws a lot of strikes, a lot of different pitches for strikes. I think the thing about him that's like so unique though is is he just he can adapt so easily. So for example, like he saw one of our guys throwing a slider like three weeks ago, a guy named Grant Doy, and he's like, God, like I love Grant Doy's slider. I'm just gonna try it. And then he, he starts flipping Grant Doy's slider up there. Grant shows him the grip and like he just immediately can throw it. Um and then earlier this week, our closer, Tyler Fujimoto, he's like, God, I love Fuji's. I love his cutter. And so he just grips his cutter, and he starts ripping that. And he just, like, picks it up so easily. So he's just, like, a freak athlete. And um, he's fun to watch pitch. He, he does a really good job. And uh, he's a super great teammate, too. So, you know, running that guy out on Fridays, you know, we always feel like we have a chance to win when he's on the mound. Well, Coach, we definitely appreciate you joining us here our first interview on the NAI Ball podcast. William Jessup is 22-5. and five. They're having a great season. This has been head coach Jake McKinley. Coach, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So, again, thanks to head coach at William Jessup, Jake McKinley, for joining us. Cody, you set that up, man. I have to appreciate you for that one. Well, I really appreciate Coach McKinley coming on the show. He's been a huge supporter of my account. And, you know, I love to watch his teams play baseball. They hit bombs, man. I love to watch them hit those home runs. And, yeah, he's just a really nice guy, and we really appreciate having him on here. They are the top-hitting team in the nation. So absolutely grateful to have him on. Now joining us next, thanks to ESPN 106.3 ESPN West Palm, is the head coach down in Miami Gardens, Florida, of the Bobcats of St. Thomas University, George Perez. Joining us now on the NAI Ball podcast is St. Thomas University head coach George Perez out of Miami, Florida. St. Thomas University currently 18-3 and on the season, 5-1 and in Sun Conference play. Coach, how's it going today? It's going great. Thank you for asking. Coach, we are thrilled to have you on the podcast, man. Y'all are tearing it up this year. You know, right now you're hitting 360 as a team, 2-6-4 ERA. What makes this group so special? I think it's a combination of talent that we have on the field. Um, we have players that are, again, talented from top to bottom, but the character on this team and the business-like approach that we have each day, um, and, and the players really, I mean, I know a lot of coaches say this, but they care about each other. They, they enjoy being around each other, and um, uh, they practice hard. Uh, so I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Obviously, the talent pool is high, so um, – yeah, we, we have a lot of pieces in place, uh, and, and the good thing about our lineup, it's, there's not one or two guys. It's probably, you know, from top to bottom, anybody can hurt you at any, any period of time. 
Yeah, and I think that's been shown this year. You know, you're leading the nation right now in doubles per game, leading the nation in hits per game, second in runs scored per game, second in RBIs. I mean, your offense looks now probably one of the best in the country. One thing that I assume about this team is it's a very patient, calm, you know, calm approach to hitting. Um, if we don't get a hit at inning or, or if we don't score a run, there, there's no panic. Um, if we're down two or three runs, there's no panic. They just try to grind a bat um, one after the other, uh, play it inning by inning and pitch by pitch, and they really believe in our system. Uh, I think that the combination of talent we have with our hitting system has really helped us, you know, helped us take off, and hopefully we can continue to do that in, in the future. Coach, the Sun Conference is a one of the best conferences in the NAI, but for y'all, the way that you schedule, you've got Nova in the area, which is just coming off of winning the Division II National Championship earlier, about two years ago. You already beat them earlier in the season. You've got Barry, who you took two or three from. You've got Lynn down the road. There's just so many really good teams in Florida and especially in South Florida that you can play. Scheduling's a big part of it. Absolutely. Uh, and, and we don't shy away from from putting tough opponents. Uh, we played Miami. If you look, this year we we didn't do it, but in the past five years we played University of Miami four times. Uh, twice uh, we took them into extra innings one time, and, and once we lost uh, on a walk-off. Uh, so I tried to put my guys in, in a tough environment, in stressful games, uh, in, in difficult games to play, uh, so if if we get to the playoffs and, and we're able to, um, you know, and, and we get to those situations, they, again, there's no panic on the team. We're used to playing that. But yes, um, I, I don't like to shy away from that, and that's one of the reasons I think in the past there's times that we haven't been ranked as high as I think we should have um, because a lot of those rankings, uh, you know, go on wins and losses, but not and not on the competition you're playing. What are your goals this season, Coach? Realistically, where would you like to see this team? Our goals are the same every year. I mean, we, we I've been doing this already for a long time in this in the NAI and in this conference. I I try not to get away from. Um, let's try to win every series uh, and put ourselves in a situation to try to win the conference. That's the number one goal. We know if you win the conference, you'll probably get a good seating uh, in the opening round, and, and that'll help you uh, get to the ultimate goal, which is get to the World Series. Um, you know, getting to Idaho is what we're trying to do, but it's not easy to get there. I mean, from experience, we were so close. I mean, we were six outs away from winning the national title in 2015, um, with, with you know, and winning that game, and and that that game still hurts. Some of the decisions I made um, at the time uh, because of the you know the rain delay or whatever they called, uh, I, I'm still regretting some of those decisions, which I shouldn't, but I still do, and I know how hard it is. So. Our goal really is to, to try to win the Sun Conference um, and, and then move on from there. But it's we, we have small goals. You can't you can't think look at the big picture and think I got a hole right off the bat. We we try to just have small goals. Have try to have a good week of practice, good week of, of winning games, um, and then we we bear down on the next week. But winning the conference is is, is a number one goal to start. Coach, I just got to see y'all play for the first time this season in West Palm Beach. I gotta say, Nelson Montpierre is an absolutely special player. What does he do for your program and just for this team and his with his hitting ability? Well, I've known Nelson for a long time, from even his days at Miami Dade and his days at Columbus High School before that. Uh, Nelson has grown and matured a lot as a hitter, especially the last two years. He was a good hitter at Miami Dade, but but I mean, Nelson hit three twenty in the SEC, and if you are familiar with the SEC, that's the best 
college baseball conference in the country. I mean, the guys that they see, they're in and out. You know, you see 90, 93, 94, 95 plus every night. So he's able to hit 320 in that conference, shows you that he can hit anybody. Um, and then he's bought into the, the system that we have, which I think has made him even, um, even better. Uh, and the great thing about Nelson, he's calm, man. He doesn't, he takes every bat for what it is. He doesn't let a, a pass a bat uh, that he didn't have as good as he wanted, doesn't let him affect his next bat. He doesn't let his, his bats affect his defense. So, yeah, he's driving runs, and he's hitting balls all over the place, and he's been very impressive. And, the, and the, the funny thing, it took him a while. In the fall, he was a little up and down, and now in the spring he's really turned it on. So, yeah, he, he can swing the bat, and it, it's all maturity level. He's very mature, um, you know, as a player, and then mentally he's, he's very prepared each day. Coach, final question for you. Probably one of the more special moments of your career you were selected as an assistant coach for the USA National Collegiate Team. Paul Maneri, the head coach over at LSU, selected you to be an assistant coach on that team. He was actually started his coaching career at St. Thomas University. Y'all, this summer will play Chinese Taipei. You'll play the Japanese Collegiate All-Star Team. And then you'll get to travel to Cuba to play out there. What is this like for you, and how special is it? Well, you know... Paul and I have developed a really good relationship uh, the past five years. I mean, he's a dear friend of mine. Um, but one great thing about Paul, he never forgot where he came from. He started his career, again, like you said, at St. Thomas. Uh, St. Thomas has a special place in his heart. But he was very frank with me. He did not uh, give me the opportunity and the selection uh, to be on this on this coaching staff just because uh, I am the coach of St. Thomas. Uh, he's really been uh, – he's told me – uh, in the past, that he's very happy of what the, the work that we've done the past four or five years. Uh, he knows the hours that, that that I put in along with my staff, um, and I and I call him. You know, I, I talk to him once every two weeks uh, to see how his team is doing. He asks a lot of questions about how we're doing. So, I think the combination of the relationship we had, but also the success we had the last five or six years, has given me the opportunity to to be on the staff. Uh, Excited would be an understatement of how, how, how the way I feel going into to doing that this summer. Um, you know, it, what's funny about that staff, you know, you got Paul, who's a graduate of St. Thomas in the sports administration program, um, but also Jim Henry, the assistant uh, uh, to Brian Cashman in the New York Yankees. He's also on that staff, and he's also a graduate of St. Thomas in the sports administration program. So you have... Which, which is incredible for St. Thomas University. You have three coaches on the USA Collegiate staff that are, that are all graduates because I, I, I also received my master's in 2012. So um, that's pretty special. Um, I'm excited to be around those guys. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to be around some great coaches. So I, I'm going to try to take as much from them as possible and also do my very best to help those players um, achieve their goals uh, and winning a lot of games for the USA team. Yeah, Coach, we're all very excited for you on that. It's a huge accomplishment, not just for yourself, not just for St. Thomas, but for the NAI to have you named to that staff. So congratulations once again, and thank you for taking some time out of your day. Again, this has been George Pettis over at St. Thomas University in Miami, Florida. Coach, appreciate you taking some time out and joining us here on the podcast. Okay, thank you, guys. Enjoy the week. So again, a huge thanks to both coaches, Jake McKinley and George Bettis for joining us on this podcast. Congratulations again to Coach Bettis 
for taking some time out of his day, joining us, and then for his appointment to the U.S. National Collegiate Baseball Team, playing some big opponents this summer, as you heard. They will take on Chinese Taipei. They will go to Cuba. It's going to be absolutely awesome. It's an incredible honor, and he deserved it. We'll move on now to our big series of the week. And we'll open it up here with the number 18 team in the nation, Texas Wesleyan, heading down, or excuse me, heading north to USAO, Chickasha, Oklahoma. Texas Wesleyan 12-4, 6-0. USAO 15-1, 3-0 in Sun Conference play. I'm hoping that we will get to see Steven Yancey take on Jose Hidalgo. Yancey for Texas Wesleyan, a 109 ERA, 3-1 record, 33 innings pitch, 11 walks, 40 strikeouts. For Hidalgo, 0.41 ERA, 22 innings pitch, 9 hits, 6 walks, 28 strikeouts. That would be an absolutely fantastic matchup. Kiki Menendez hitting 407 for the Rams, three home runs, and a multitude of RBIs for Michael Davila, 386, one home run, 17 RBIs. For the Drovers of USAO, PJ Garcia, 478, five home runs, 21 RBIs, and Greg Barnett, 474, three home runs, 17 RBIs. The Drovers need to get some more love because they are hitting 379 as a team and have a team. ERA, a staff ERA of 275, so a huge matchup in the Sooner Athletic Conference. Cody, you've got Loyola, Louisiana at Blue Mountain, Mississippi. Yeah, I think two of the more underrated teams right now in the NEI that are playing really well. Loyola's a really good baseball team right now. They've got a player named Nathan Law hitting 429. Allen Dennis has 345 with three home runs, but their pitching is where they're really getting it done. Yeah, you got Brandon Taravella, seven saves on the year. .52 ERA. I mean, just dominant on the mound. He's already got 12 appearances. That's incredible for a relief pitcher. Jo- Joseph Kutchler's 26 innings pitch, 104 ERA. They got another ERA guy, a sub four. Jason Roussel, four starts, 306. They're a really good pitching team. And they're going to Mississippi to play a really good Blue Mountain team. You know, Blue Mountain doesn't get talked about. They're receiving votes nationally, and I think they should. They have three wins over number 20, William Woods. And they're a good program. You know, they have wins over LSU Shreveport. Caleb Leach is hitting 387. Austin Lookers hitting 373. Micah Hurd has 14 stolen bases. You know, that's one of the best in the country. Jonas White has been one of the best pitchers in the country for Blue Mountain. 4 0, 157 ERA in 28.2 innings. They got a closer, David Torres, four saves, .96 ERA. This is a really good matchup. You know, it's SSAC matchup. These are the teams no one talks about them as much. They talk about the Middle Georges and the Mobiles and the Faulkners. But this is a really good matchup, and you want to get started off hot because, like I said, you've got to play the Mobiles, Middle Georges, and Faulkners. Will be a great series out in Mississippi between Loyola and Blue Mountain. Moving back to the Sooner Athletic Conference, 14-2, and Oklahoma City University at number 12. Wayland Baptist heading out to West Texas, the stars of OCU. Sean Corso and Joe Lytle are the hitters to watch there. 423 for Corso. Three home runs, 24 RBIs. For Lytle, 411 average, two home runs, 22 RBIs. Also got to watch Bryce Milligan, the pitcher for the Stars, 113 ERA, 4-0 record, 24 innings pitch, seven walks, 34 strikeouts. So the Stars, as usual, one of the best teams in the nation year in 
you're out. For Wayland Baptist, they are 15-3, and 6-0 in Sooner Athletic Conference play. Austin Moya hitting 362 with two home runs, 21 RBIs. Greg Venneclausen, 339, six home runs, 19 RBIs. And then Kevin Torres, a 152 ERA, 3-0 record, five starts, two complete games, one shutout in 29 and two-thirds innings pitch with 32 strikeouts. Now, Cody, take us out west for a big one in the GSAC, number seven, William Jessup, and number 24, Vanguard. Yeah, you have the top two teams right now in the GSAC. Vanguard coming in, winning five series in a row. They're really rolling. They have series wins over Westmont, San Diego, Christian, Hope International, and they swept the Masters when they were number 14. Very impressive. They're led by their starting pitcher, Jordan Dreibelbiss. That guy is a dude on the mound. 1.71 ERA, 58 innings. He'll be making his ninth start of the season this weekend. There are people that haven't even played nine games. This pitcher alone is going out there for the ninth time. Skyler Hills, a really another good pitcher, 4.66 ERA for the team, you know, and they really need to get it going offensively because they're going up against the best offensive team in the nation statistically. William Jessup is leading the nation in runs, hits, RBIs, doubles, and home runs. You know, they're a loaded offense. Joseph Starks hitting 516 in 27 games. The guy has 30 hits and 58 at bats. I mean, that is incredible. You know, they have six players. Six players with six home runs. I don't think I've seen that. That is just incredible at this point in the season. Austin Swift, 412, nine home runs. He leads the nation in hits and home runs. So you really have Vanguard's really good pitching versus William Jessup's really good offense. Now, I don't want to discredit Jessup's pitching because they've been pitching really well. They've been doing everything. So it's just a really good style matchup that I'm looking forward to between the number one and the number two teams in the GSAC going to be an absolutely fantastic series out in California. Our NAI Ball Podcast Twitter Big Series of the Week pits the number one team in the nation, undefeated Faulkner, at number 14, Mobile, 17-5 and five for Mobile. Cody, you're going to cover Faulkner in this series. Tell us a little bit more about the Eagles. Yeah, you know, they have one of the best players in the country. Their center fielder, Reese Cooley, is a Chipola transfer. If you ever get a chance to watch this guy play, he is one of the best prospects in all of the NAIA. He can do it all. You know, they have a really good pitching staff, 209 strikeouts in like 170 innings. Their ERA is sub-3. They're hitting north of 330. They really do it all. There's a reason they are undefeated. They're fantastic. The Eagles are really good this season, but it's going to be tough going down to Mobile to play this series Mobile's hitting 324 as a team, a 338 team ERA. Christian Snow has just gone off, hitting 431 home run and a huge amount of RBIs leading the way for his team. Cody Cox, 373 home runs, 19 RBIs. Luke Hastings, 173 ERA, 2-0 record, 26 innings pitched, 28 strikeouts, and the big name, on the pitching staff there, Braxton Rhodes, 1-2-9 ERA, 4-0 record, three complete games, two shutouts in 35 innings pitch, five strikeouts, 35, or five walks, 35 strikeouts, excuse me. This is going to be a huge series. It's a weekend of some absolutely power matchups, whether you're in the southern states, the Sooner Athletic, all around the nation, Faulkner at Mobile is the best one. Yeah, if Faulkner's ever going to drop a game, it's probably going to be to this red-hot Mobile team. They're number 14 in the country now. They finally got their ranking. They can go up into the top 10 with a good weekend here. 
So, Cody, before we go ahead and say goodnight to everyone, any final thoughts on the podcast? Yeah, I think this is probably our biggest show yet. I definitely want to thank Coach McKinley and Coach Perez for coming on the show. They, like I said earlier, they did an outstanding job, and they're helping grow this podcast, and I really you know, want to say thank you for that. We'll look forward to the next episode next week. Until then, for all your NAI information, news, and scores around the country, follow Cody at NAI Ball on Twitter. You can follow myself, Robbie Gutierrez, at RobG1063. Don't forget to like us as well as subscribe, rate, download on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to the NAI Ball podcast. And until next time, we hope you have a great day and some great baseball ahead of you.